This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The holidays are doubly important this year, so make your celebrations doubly special. At Kroger, we've got a huge selection of high-quality meats on top of fresh, natural produce, like fresh, never-frozen prime-grade beef and our Simple Truth Organic Brussels sprouts, or delicious king crab legs with our private selection gourmet potatoes. Whew, had to say that doubly fast. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 376. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Karka, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local. Good to have you on the show, bud. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Sorry I missed last week. Well, it's no problem. I missed two weeks because of my damn cold and stuff, so. Yeah, it's that time of year. Oh, what a miserable time. I've got, <laughs> just got getting any better. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just did one show we ended up only getting one in to, to sort of keep things going i couldn't bring myself to miss another so um thanks everyone for being uh, patient as always um but today we've got some some interesting stories for you so let's jump right in uh the first one is a search engine land article and it kind of caught my eye because uh, it sort of showed a real world example of a enterprise mentioning in its, um, uh, I guess it's, it's notice to shareholders um, about SEO. So in this case, it's Tech Target. And the title is Tech Target cites technical SEO reasons or issues as reason for 25% decline in Google traffic. And I'll just open it up here. The, um, the story was kind of cool. Like I, I liked seeing that they were putting it in there. In this case, it was um, fourth quarter earnings report, not a shareholders, but same idea, shareholders thing. Um, and they talk about how, although they're not convinced that it, all the organic traffic they have is leading to business by any stretch, they do notice that they do note that the drop could have had an effect on on their earnings. So they've put together some. Um, 
solutions that they're going to be working on. The first one is that they noticed their member protection areas. They've made changes to that. So these are member areas of their site that are meant only for members, the protected content. And I guess something about how they had edited it or changed it may have caused Google some problems. Again, I don't know how much of this they're guessing. How do they define, to... how do they define protected content? Is that something that you have to have a password to get to? Is it a member area? Is it just member block area. from? So if you have to have a login password to get into it, um, Google's not going to see it. Yes. Well, maybe what it. they did was they opened it up only to Google. Who knows? And that would maybe look negatively upon. Yeah. Um, hmm. says here, Don said the company made numerous implementations of their member protection areas and potentially Google viewed one of those changes in a negative way. While tech target prefers to trade traffic for members, anyway, the company is testing more changes to its member protected areas to see if it makes an impact on the site's Google traffic. Yeah, it's odd. I, I don't, there's definitely something missing to that part of the story. Yeah, um, for sure. But it's interesting to see that they thought that might have an impact. Um, now, the person that um, was interviewed here, uh, Don Hawk, is the ex executive director and co-founder of Tech Target, and he's not an SEO. They wanted to make sure that was clear. So right. who knows how much of that. And the first one is really relevant. Net number two, though, is um, they wanted to look at older content and site architecture changes. Um, so, for example, they've been producing a lot of content over years. Uh, many years. And like most large content sites, you know, they have content they may want to revisit, um, making changes to it, improving it, also looking at architecture. Um, That's a pro project I'm deep involved in myself right now. I bet. Yeah. For new yeah. sites, I can only imagine how much of a headache that can be. We have, we have articles in our, in our unpublished or unindexed archive um, that are basically since 2004 forward. So we got a ton of content. <laughs> oh boy. Um, the other area they're working on is page speed. Um, it's not a major part, but they are looking into it. Um, so, you know, even at the highest level of enterprise, they have to keep an eye on this because it can affect their bottom line. And what, what, what kind of company is tech target? Do you know? I don't know, actually. Tech Target is, it, is probably, is it, let's look. Business I'm guessing to business it's going to be news. It's a business to business marketing company, according to this article. Okay. So it's not e-commerce. It's B2B marketing company. All right. Yeah, here it is. Fuel your pipeline faster. Identify, influence, engage more active tech buyers in your market. Hmm. Very enterprise. Looks like they work with a lot of bigger companies. Huh. Yeah, very, even the lingo is enterprisey. <laughs> That's a baffle gap. The lingo is enterprisey. That's funny. <laughs> um, just, anyway, so just, it was interesting. I'm just checking to see how many pages they have on their site with like a site colon to see. I know it's not exact by any means, but it would be interesting to see how big of a site, even though it's an enterprise level company, doesn't mean that they have you know tens of thousands of pages on their site. You can have enterprise level companies with less than 100 pages on their site. And it's 575,000 results. Yeah, I got 547. So maybe Canada has more. <laughs> um, Techtarget.com. Yeah, mine included all the subdomains and they've got a yeah, mine did ton too. of them. Interesting. Interesting indeed. 
Well, the next bit here is a little bit of a rant. Google had just um, updated their partner program. Um, and it's essentially, you know, if you, whenever you go to a website, you see a, a, a vendor that you're considering perhaps says that they're a Google partner. Um, in order to get that badge up till now, it was, you needed to have a certain, um, you need to at least have one, maybe even two. It didn't have to have that many people in the company who were Google certified. They'd gone through and you have to renew it every year. We had uh, to have 10. What's that? We had to have 10. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it depends on the size of the company. Well, um, now they've changed it up and all of the users within your AdWords account, your partner account, half of them have to be certified. Now, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. That I sounds fine, maybe. right? Except yeah. there's a major issue here, especially for us. Um, way back when, um, I don't even remember why I did this. I think I was using Gmails as um, just admin accounts, just making them because they were free. Anyway, I created our, our account on Gmail, our Google partner account. Um, it's a step forth branded Gmail. Well, every single person we have allowing, we've allowed access to um, look at their reports, in other words, clients, if they have a Gmail account, they're considered a user of step forth now. Hmm. So, so it doesn't go based on, um, cause you can set up business accounts for Gmail. And I would assume that if you did that and converted everything over to a business account, <laughs> it's that word conversion. That would be wonderful if they offered it and they don't. Hmm. Yeah. So we have this account, which we've got years and years of, of excellent history on, um, you know, it's, it's perfect. It's been great. It's, and we have more than enough everything to get our certification, except that uh, because we use Gmail, we didn't use stepforth.com to set up this account. Um, I stepforth.com email, uh, any Gmail accounts associated with us. <laughs> it's just stupid as all hell. I had to, I chat with them for a while. I'm like, there's gotta be a way around this. I said, I'm sorry. No, you just have to remove them. I'm like, well, I'm not going to remove my clients from their own sites. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just speechless about it. I mean, perhaps mine's going to be a really unique situation, but I have a hunch there's a lot of people that did what I did. Um, yeah, but I think part of what's going on is, yeah, and I don't know if you're willing to admit this, but when you set it up, you didn't set it up correctly. Maybe, but at that time, how well was it laid out that you had to use your own top-level domain? Well, most businesses want to use their own top-level domains. I mean, I'd say in, in a majority of cases, if you're using Gmail as a business, you're doing it under your own TLD and not doing it under gmail.com. Yeah, and we and use Google Apps. We have the full thing, but I don't, we didn't have it at the time. Um, and, and in any case, um, it's extremely frustrating. Um, well, have we not done it? I guess my right. question to you, my question to you is, why can't you just go ahead and set up your TLD as an email, and then only give people that need access? Because that's what's going to do it. All your other stuff is is still going to convert, right? You're still going to count, or does that mean that that other stuff doesn't count anymore? And I don't follow. So if you just go ahead and set up, um, you know, half a dozen email addresses 
through Google, Gmail, and your and your business account under stepforth.com, wouldn't and take stepforth.com as your primary for your your advertising. You know, wouldn't that just give you the six people, and you'd only have to have three of them certified? The problem is I'd have to create a brand new advertising account under Stepforth, and then I'd have to move all of my clients. Because it, right now, when we log in, we use a Gmail. Yeah. Anyway. Sounds like something you're going to have to do, though, man. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare. That's all I can yeah. say. I mean, yeah. and yes, it will. <laughs> anyway, I'm hoping that I'm, I've got a, a lot of fellows that are, have done the same thing, as silly as it may have been at the time. Um, yeah, it's, it's a headache. I know it's, sorry, everyone listening here, it's not necessarily SEO but a lot of us deal with pay-per-click and it was a, a serious issue for me this week. It doesn't matter until June, but that's coming fast. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So next is um, get Google to index your site with the coverage report. And I believe you put this in there. I did because I've been using it a lot recently. Um, and I thought it'd be a good thing just to kind of explore with our audience. Um, if you're not real familiar with the, the coverage report within Google Search Console, it's a great tool to go in and look at and find, um, you know, where in your site um, you might be having issues, right, with Google. And the easiest way to, for me is to go look. There's, there's like a number of sections in there. There's errors, which, of course, are obvious errors you want to get fixed. Then there's um, a couple more things. There's errors. I need to call it up to, to be sure, but, but there's errors. And the two, the one that is the most to me is excluded. So there's, there's ones that are excluded. There's ones that have um, potential problems. There's one that has errors. But then there's a, the gray one on the far right side is called excluded. And if you go in and you click through that and you just look at your excluded URLs, Google tells you these URLs are not included in our index and it tells you why. Hmm. There's a lot of different things that, that, that can exclude a page from their index. I mean, you know, they'll include things like 301 redirects that that's exclude that the original page is excluded from their index. That's normal, but there's lots of things like um, the one that's been bugging me the most recently is crawled, but not indexed. <clears throat> And then you got to dig around you, you, you find, you know, why these pages were crawled, but they weren't indexed. And then there's one that's very similar called discovered, but not indexed. And there's many reasons each of these things can, can happen. And you'll have to do some digging and some research to kind of figure out which ones apply to your site. But there's, you can get a whole list of things that, you know, why aren't these pages being included? Why are they excluded from the index? And it's, it's, really nice little checklist. Okay, let's, let's look at this one and you research this one and you figure it out and you clean it up and then go to the next one. And oh yeah, that's supposed to be excluded because they're blocked from robots.txt. Go to the next one. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be excluded because they're 301 redirects. Go to the next one. Hey, those are supposed to be in, my, in the index. Why aren't they? And they give you an error message and you can do the research to figure out how to fix it. So it's a really good place to go, especially if you have a large site to, to understand um, how Google is seeing the pages of your site and when they exclude them, why do they exclude them? And, mm -hmm. and it's just a, it's a gold mine of things to look at and to fix from an SEO perspective. Very cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to share that with the staff because I think that's the sort of thing that 
Um, we all need a refresher on occasionally, uh, and especially this since this this is an addition recent. No, no, it's been since the new the new. Okay, so it shows how little I'm on there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the team probably already knows all about it, but there you go. Uh, get so wrapped yeah. up in other stuff. But that's very cool. Thanks for outlining that one. Okay. Um, another thing is uh, image optimization. A lot of us these days are worried about improving the speed of our websites. Um, and justifiably, I mean, some of us have sites that are a bit image heavy. Uh, we deal with a lot of tourism and um, adventure-based businesses. And, and these companies have um, lots of imagery, sometimes video, you name it. And it, we have to do everything we possibly can to, to keep the quality, but lower the load times. Well, there's a, a, t a web page, a web speed test by Cloudinary, Cloudinary, um, sort of spelled as it sounds here. Anyway, I thought I'd try it. It was a recommended tool on this, quite a well-written um, tutorial on image optimization, because I'm always trying to get deeper into it when I have a moment. And I ran this tool and I thought, wow, this is really interesting. It, it said, you know, that there's these amazing um, increases in, in smart compression I could implement on my website. I was actually doing it on a client, but I, I ran it on my own site for the example of this, of this show. And every time there was a winner in terms of compression format, so it gives a few different types of image types um, that would, and just how much more it could be optimized. You know, ping, PNGs, always worst. Uh, WebP, pretty decent. Um, but I know WebP isn't covered for every browser. Um, but then they note every single time, every, one time, every time I've run this on a site, that JPEG XR is the winner. I'm like, well, what's that? I go look at it. Uh, it's not compatible with any browser. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> um so do your homework well, people. there you go yeah what the hell I, it's like what are they being funded by them or something I, I just don't understand this at all um even chrome which to me is probably one of the more advanced browsers out there doesn't support jpeg xr um it sounds like a cool format it can keep things make things look amazing but keep them smaller so i'm kind of surprised it hasn't but um being up you know taken by some of these others, um, uptaken by these browsers, but it's uh, very, very silly. I, I really just don't understand. And I'm going to ask a few of our brethren who are deep into optimization on this sort of stuff. And I, can, I, can, I can tell you why um, pretty succinctly, um, but you're not going to like it. Oh? <laughs> because it's developed and patented by Microsoft. That's why no one wants it? No, that's that's why that that's why you're not going to like it. <laughs> that it, nobody uses it because it's Microsoft and you're Mister Microsoft. Oh, well, not Mister Microsoft at all. I can't. I don't like them either. I just go with the the one I like, the, the one I like the, the, the most. <laughs> I certainly am not a, a Apple, but um, yeah, I even like Linux in some some ways better. But in any case, uh, JPEG XR is a pretty amazing tool. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't been. There must be good reasons for it. However, why would this system, this auditor, um, be suggesting we use it? It makes no sense to me. Well, it is. It is. It doesn't. It does work in Internet Explorer eight, nine, ten, and eleven, um, <laughs> which you would think, and the .NET Framework three point zero, which is obviously Microsoft products across the board. Um, 
Very strange. Yeah. That's certainly not a big swath of the market anymore. So anywho, uh, take everything you get from these auditors at a, with a grain of salt. Uh, some of you out there are running page speed tests and such, and you're trying to do your best. And if you see stuff like this, it can lead you down the wrong path. So keep that in mind. All right, let's take a quick break. We come back, we're going to do a little uh, chatter about local SEO news. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Okay, so um, apparently there's been a bunch of chatter about how the Google My Business description has an impact on local rankings. Well, um, good old Joey Hawkins jumped in on this and said, no, it actually doesn't. Um, they'd been done doing quite a bit of testing and so have others, um, and they can confirm that the description um, does not, just as your Google My Business description again, does not have an impact on rankings. And she reached out to Google to tell them they needed to fix their description to it, what they have a bit of a tutorial on how to optimize your Google My Business page, and they do, ha, they did have it very misleading. It said, "I'll quote: um, Enter unique and valuable information that describes your business. 
think about the words customers would type to find your business and make sure that your listing actually includes those keywords within it, unquote. That is very misleading. <laughs> makes it sound like that has some impact on whether or not it's found or not. Um, anyway, they have changed it since she contacted them. They, they removed and make sure that your listing actually includes those keywords within it. So now it just says, um, think about the words customers would type to find your business. Or no, enter unique and valuable information that describes your business. That's what they put there. Mm -hmm. um, it's, the rest of it is still misleading, as Joy said, uh, but not nearly as badly. So <laughs> that's an improvement at Google's end. Um, but that's so, just one of those red herrings that people get so focused on. And there you go. It wasn't as important as you thought. And, and I think a lot of it comes down to Google is such a large company. The odds are the people that wrote the, uh, that, that, the document probably don't really understand how local search works, right? <laughs> Even though it's the same company, it doesn't mean that the PR people that are, you know, writing tech, technical documentation really understand what's going on, you know, in the, the nitty gritty of how to optimize, right? Right. Yeah, it's very possible. I'm sure uh, Sergey and Larry don't do any of that anymore. Probably up till now, I'm sure they're vetting everything. <laughs> did, didn't, didn't one or both of them leave Alphabet recently? Yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know. I, well, we can't really get into it now, but I, I believe they, they definitely stepped down. I don't know what role they have. I know they haven't retired. They didn't say anything about that, but yeah, might as well. <laughs> Yeah, if you have that much money, why well, spend your life working? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they're it's still working because they probably need to, but are having fun more. Yeah. Uh, how nice would that be? Okay. So update from the last show. Uh, we talked to you about uh, how Google um, was rejecting Google posts um, on Google My Business and it made no sense. It just, it was stupid. One person even posted a way around it that was posting the text only getting that approved and then going back, editing it and having an image, and then it would be approved. If you try to do it all together with an image, it wasn't approved. It's a total glitch. Another dumpster fire, Google, Google, good old Google um, had put out there. So anyway, it's fixed now. Um, the big problem though, is that all of the posts that you tried to post before will now post. <laughs> so, so if you tried it multiple times, you get multiple posts of this. Yes, you will. So oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho, so make sure you check um, your listing. Uh, you could have a whole mess of ones that weren't approved that now are approved without you even knowing it. That's a good idea. Check that stuff out. And I'm assuming the people that realized that there were, you know, if you, if you had posted it three or four times because you realized it wasn't working, that means they're in there on a regular basis anyway. So hopefully they're going to see that. But hopefully. Uh, hopefully. But if, if you're not in there, even if you are in there a lot, Go check it out again. <laughs> um, another uh, fairly nice, in this case, a, a nice improvement is that Google My Business has been spotted uh, notifying um, Google My Business profile owners when a review has been deleted. I gather um, in this case, um, the subject says, we have deleted a review of your business profile, unquote. Um, so keep in mind that uh, when you get these, these are legit. Um, and uh, check out your Google My Business profile. Apparently, uh, the, the only example they had in this article was 
foreign. So I couldn't tell if it gave any reasons why. I bet you it doesn't though. Mm. But by monitoring them, you'll start to see a, a pattern, I imagine. I wonder um, if the, those notifications go the other direction. If they tell the person who left the review that it's been deleted. It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would expect not. I guess it would depend too. I mean, if it was totally irrelevant or it was totally nasty or something along those lines that that would be a reason why they wouldn't show tell you because they'd say this that would more affect the quality of your reputation for leaving reviews yeah and if anybody's you know spamming google reviews they're not gonna they're not gonna tell anybody that, that all their reviews are getting rejected exactly yeah. yeah okay are cities and zip codes in the footer still a thing so someone asked this on the local search forum um, and uh, there were a few examples, one of which were just <laughs> laughable. Um, uh, we'll include it in our show notes, but it was essentially um, essentially someone had put in their footer neighborhoods, cities, and zip codes, and I don't know how many other fifty there at least. There, there's a ton. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, just, there's, there's close to a hundred zip codes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it is. And then they listed all the local hospitals, all the local cemeteries. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Uh, that's just spam. I mean, it's just garbage. Um, uh, so, and it's a flower place, of course, for hospitals and yeah, they just want to know. Yeah. So you can deliver flowers to everywhere. Um, in any case, they're just trying to scatter I'm trying to get everything. It's a shotgun approach. Um, they and think this can help them. This image that you included—that's the footer. Yeah, the page. <laughs> and there, were any of these links to pages about that hospital or that cemetery? Or they just. This is a, 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 a screenshot provided by the person leaving the, the question. Uh, so I haven't looked at the site. Uh, I just know it was a footer because of all the other examples okay. she provided. Well, there's the URL in that screenshot. Yeah, go and check it out there, bud. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, um, Joy did mention that uh, in, in reality, it's probably best not to put um, the zip codes on every page. If you want to be found for various areas that you don't necessarily exist in, like you don't have a physical location, you're going to want to have separate pages devoted to separate zips or areas. Um, not every zip. Don't go nuts. Um, yeah. We talked about that before, but um, yeah. In any so, case. So none of the zip codes listed, the close to 100 zip codes are links to anything. None of the local hospitals are links to anything. And none of the cemeteries or funeral homes are links to anything. Uh, just text. Just text. It's, it's weird. It looks like there's supposed to be more text because it like fades out at the bottom of these little boxes that it's in. So there's probably a, more local hospitals in the text. would be interesting to see the source code and dig into that. So <laughs> We're such nerds. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's, uh, I have seen this a lot recently. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't done any testing, but it's kind of, obvious that 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 technique would be very questionable in terms of results um, if anyone wants to try it you can always try it but i would do it on one page <laughs> i would not well, do it they, actually i was looking at it they did it on one page the home page none of the other pages of the site have that huge footer thing 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's a lot of, a lot of garbage on one page. Yeah. Well, I wonder how, yeah. Anyways, it's uh, not recommended. <laughs> so, so if you're listening and you're from the flower petal boutique based out of Las Vegas, uh, get that stuff off your homepage. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think we have time to do one question from a listener. So why don't you fire away? Uh, let's see. We've got a couple here. Um, let's go to the oldest one. Um, we can do the other two, which was by a question from Noah Lamb on our Facebook group. Um, and this is, this is a pretty simple question, but it's something maybe a lot of people really need to understand better. And he asks, can someone explain link juice? Does it include internal links pointing to pages on your website or external links pointing to pages on your website? What? And the answer is yes. <laughs> first of all, let's 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 def define what link juice is. It's it's jargon right now that the SEOs use, but basically it's the authority that your site gets from other people linking. And when they link to you, they they lend authority to your site by basically um, saying, "Hey, this is a this is a worthwhile company, and I'm passing. You know, I recommend this site, and they link to you." And when they link to you, that you know, it passes authority, it passes relevancy. We all know how links work, but that that what it passes, that authority and that relevancy, that's kind of been termed as link juice. I personally call it authority. Um, there's there's bunches of different names people in the industry call it. Link juice is just the I don't know. I don't like using link juice, but a lot of other people do. Mm -hmm. um, what do you use, Ross? I use authority, but yeah. I never had a problem with link juice. I just had a hard time explaining it, so I didn't bother. Using yeah. It. And, and it, so if, if someone asks you what's the difference between link juice and authority, the only thing I would say is, well, link juice is kind of a combination of all the signals that are sent through a link, which includes authority and relevancy like we just talked about, right? Um, but the question is, does it include internal links or external links? It includes any link, whether it's coming, it's a link in your navigation, it's a link in the body of your content to another part of your website or a totally different website. Any link from one page to another, unless you specifically um, tell it not to is going to pass authority and relevancy, right? Um, and you, you tell it not to by using no follows, which is going to change the beginning of March, March 1st, that changes. It will still actually be seen as potentially passing um, authority and relevancy, even if you no follow it, that changes on March 1st. They announced that sometime last year. There was this cascading way that no follow was changing and March 1st is the last change. And it means that, hey, a nofollow link can still be used potentially to identify pages and help rank pages, which is why do you have it now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I don't think it does as much as just a clean link. Um, but, but Noah, um, basically, like we just said, link juice is all the information that passes from a link, including authority and relevancy and probably other things we don't even know about, but it's any link, whether it's internal pointing to internal links on your page or external, or it's links from other sites to your site. They all. Pass yeah. This. And they used to use the, the, the metaphor that it was, it was like um, all of this link juice would accumulate in a bucket and then that bucket would, you know, you deliver that, link juice around your site. I mean, it got crazy. <laughs> I got so out of hand, but anyway, 
it was easy to describe in some respects, but it just, it started to fall apart at some points too. So that's why I stopped using it. Yeah. And it's, and, and honestly, it's a bit different for different sites, not so much for different markets or niches, but for the different size of sites. If you have a small 25 or 30 page site, um, internal links are, are going to be a little bit less of an issue for you. They'll still pass, still pass relevancy and they'll still pass authority. Um, but it's a whole different beast if you've got a site with a million pages that, that need to, so there, there is some difference based on the size of your site, I think, but each individual link will still pass that information. And if you think about it, kind of like when we used to um, talk about click depth from a um, standpoint of how deep are your, is your site, a lot of that is tied to this. Because if you're on a homepage and there's a link to one link to an internal page, and that page has another link to another internal page, each link you go down, you lose some of that authority and some of that relevancy. So understanding how your pages link together, there's strategies that need to be built when you have larger sites that help evenly distribute that information, that relevancy and that authority um, to the most important places on your site. Now, don't get that in confused with um, link sculpting on a site because that's a different thing altogether. Yeah, which, we're not getting into that right now. We're not, we're not going to get into that, but um, <laughs> just, just okay. be aware that they all pass it though. Excellent. Thank you. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. Have a great week, and remember, remember to turn into... <laughs> and oh, here we go again. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.